Lone Star Gun Talk is a Lone Star Gun Rights production. Original music and hosted by Derek Wills. Copyright Lone Star Gun Rights 2019. Star Gunners, welcome to the podcast. Good afternoon. Today is Sunday, February 17th. Welcome to Lone Star Gun Talk, the official podcast of Lone Star Gun Rights, and I am your humble host, as always, Derek Wills. Thank you so much for being here today. Um, you know, I wanted to reach out to all of you really quickly before we get into the topics du jour. And I wanted to sincerely thank, <clears throat> pardon me, uh, I wanted to sincerely thank all of y'all for your support and for your um, membership. Even if you're not uh, um, an official paid member, uh, you are a part of the Lone Star Gunner family. Um, and without your support, without your uh, pouring out and uh, just helping us spread the message, uh, without any of that, we would just be talking to an empty stage and we wouldn't have any real change coming. So I wanted to thank you very much for all of your um, dedication and support. I really appreciate it. We all do here at Lone Star Gun Rights. Um, and if you are watching the live stream, be sure to comment if you are watching on the desktop. Uh, we're still working on getting it to where you can comment while watching it on mobile during the live stream. Um, but yeah, chime in if you are watching on desktop, and uh, I will address those as they come in. Um, so we got quite a bit to get to today. Uh, everything from national emergencies to gun control to gun rights. Uh, this was a busy, busy week in the gun world. Um, and President Trump announced that he was declaring a national emergency to fund the border wall. And while a lot of people are excited about this, uh, a lot of conservatives are excited about this, um, uh, well, as a gun rights organization, we have no official position on this because it's not uh, a gun rights issue. However, um, Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, uh, made it a gun issue whenever she uh, made a statement that, uh, uh, well, I will, I will let you uh, take a look and um, take a listen to what she actually said. Did I ever say I was filing a legal challenge? You said Democrats. I may. That's an option. Um, we will review our options. We'll be prepared to respond appropriately to it. I know the Republicans have some unease about it, no matter what they say, uh, because if the president can declare an emergency on something that he has created as an emergency, an, an illusion that he wants to convey, just think of what a president with different values can present to the American people. So the precedent that the president is setting here is something that should be met with great unease and dismay uh, by the Republicans. And to talk about a national emergency, let's talk about today, the one-year anniversary of another manifestation of the epidemic of gun violence in America. That's a national emergency. Why don't you declare that emergency, Mr. President? I wish you would. But So... Uh you know, people hate 
Nancy Pelosi for all of the reasons in the world. She's an awful human being. She is, uh, uh, she, <laughs> she always fights to, uh, keep her dentures in. Um, she, uh, that, that's, that's mean. That's kind of a low blow. Um, but there is a lot that, there's a lot of valid reasons to hate her besides the fact that she's a screaming liberal who hates liberty and hates our rights and all of that. There are legitimate reasons to hate her, but she's not exactly wrong on this. And let me tell you why. It's, it's a bit interesting that somebody like me, who is very pro-liberty and very pro-constitution, would say that Nancy Pelosi is, at least in part, right about something. Not about the declaring guns a national emergency thing. That's total BS. But what she's kind of right about is... Well, it's not a precedent that, that Donald Trump has set because every president um, has declared a national emergency over one thing or another. The problem is that what President Trump is doing is he's declaring a national emergency essentially to bypass the House of Representatives to get funding for the border wall. People are excited who align with Republican values and conservative values but really, imagine what somebody who does not share our values could do with that same power. Barack Obama did it whenever he uh, sent, what was it, like uh, $100 billion? No, not that quite, not that, not quite that much, but uh, $100 million, I think it was, uh, to Iran. Um, he bypassed Congress and he sent them money. The point is that you never want to allow government to exercise a power that you would not feel comfortable in the hands of those that are politically opposite of you. And I absolutely believe that should a Democrat win the White House either in 2020, 2024, at some point in the future, whenever a Democrat will win, because it will happen, uh, to believe otherwise is, is somewhat naive, uh, I do believe that if they were anti-gun enough, they would, in fact, declare a national emergency on gun rights or gun violence, quote unquote. The problem is um, a lot of people turn a blind eye to this that are on our side because they say, well, constitutionally, the right to bear arms is a protected individual right, whereas crossing the border uh, illegally or crossing the border without uh, getting permission from the government or without controls or anything like that is not a constitutionally protected right. And they're right in that sense, but you have to remember, we don't have the Second Amendment uh, as being, uh, well, our current state of gun rights are not pure as uh, the wind-driven snow is, to be completely honest. We, uh, our rights have been infringed on at least since 1934 at the federal level. Uh, before that, if you want to talk about states uh, following the war between the states, enacting gun controls to prevent freed slaves from possessing arms because, you know, they would want to defend themselves against clan attacks and things like that. So gun controls first institutions were rooted entirely in slavery, legitimate slavery, or I'm sorry, not in slavery, legitimate racism. And, well, these people, now Democrats, still Democrats, want to further infringe upon our rights. And I 
firmly believe that should a Democrat take the White House in some point in the future, uh, if the political waters were just right, they would declare a national emergency on gun violence. Now, they shouldn't, and I'm going to get into a little bit why a bit later, um, but there are some things for concern that we need to worry about right now, such as H.R. 8, which is... Uh, the Bipartisan Background Checks Act of 2019. Check this bill out. This is a nice little piece of gun control that has come out of committee in the House of Representatives. Um, and it is, in fact, bipartisan as the title implies. This is H.R. 8. I will have all of this linked in the show notes for you. Um, now, for those not familiar in legalese, um, I'm going to basically tell you what it says here. Uh, well, I'm going to read it in legalese, and then I'm going to translate it for you. Uh, it shall be unlawful for any person who is not a licensed importer, basically not an FFL dealer, to transfer a firearm to any person who is also not licensed unless an FFL first takes possession of the firearm for the purposes of complying with subsection S, which is basically your background check. So if you want to transfer a weapon, if you want to sell a weapon, you have to... Uh, this eliminates private sales. Oh, well, it doesn't eliminate it, but it adds a step and a layer of bureaucracy that currently doesn't exist. If you want to sell a firearm to somebody else, you must first transfer, transfer it to an FFL dealer who then has to do the appropriate NICS background check, verify LTC, whatever, fill out a, another form 4473 because all transfers have to be documented. So they're going to they're going to fill out a transfer form for accepting it, and then they're going to fill out a transfer form for transferring it to the new guy once it is approved. And if there, if there is a, a time at which, say, for instance, there's a hang-up, you're selling it to a guy named John Smith or uh, somebody with the same name as, as somebody that's on that prohibited person's list, well, guess what? Chances are, there's going to be either a flat-out denial or a temporary hold on it for them to figure out who this person is because Nix is an awful system. Um, and Nix uh, has plenty of times before given false positives. It has uh, caused people to wait days and weeks, if not months, for them to clear. Uh, if they are flagged fa uh, falsely, um, it takes years for them to get overturned by the uh, DOJ and FBI, uh, and they have. It's up to them to prove it. No, no longer innocent until proven guilty. You are now guilty until you prove yourself innocent. That's the current law. So, if you transfer it to somebody that you are wanting to sell it to, they either do one of two things. They either give you money then, which they probably wouldn't, uh, because they haven't taken possession of it, and if they're if there's a hold. They're either going to say, screw it and leave, and then you're out of a sale that you would have otherwise had, even though probably following all the laws. Uh, or it's just going to cause a lot of headache between uh, parties um, scheduling to set up 
transferring of funds, all of that fun stuff. Um, and, but the, here's the thing that really scares me about this bill. Besides the fact that it's, uh, besides the fact that it's more gun control, there is a clause in here that will and does and has given, uh, gotten Republicans on board. I want you to see this. This is from congress.gov. These are, this is the list of all co-sponsors. Right now they have enough co-sponsors to already pass the House, five of which are Republicans. You have Peter King of New York, Brian Fitzpatrick of Pennsylvania's first, Brian Mast of Florida's 18th, Fred Upton of Michigan's sixth, and Chris Smith of New Jersey's fourth. All of these are Republicans that have signed on to this bill in the House. Now, one thing that you need to know is that there is already a companion bill in the Senate. That is, oh, that is this bill, S-42, Background Check Expansion Act. This is the same bill. It currently does not have any Republicans signed on to it as a co-sponsor. However, if you can get five Republicans in the House, you can probably get enough in the Senate as well. And here, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to uh, go back and talk to you about the clause in here that scares me because it will get more Republicans on board. Right down here on page, it's talking about um, exceptions to this. And let's see if I can find it. I lost it here. Okay, parag uh, two paragraph one, which is that one up there, shall not apply to a law enforcement agency or armed private security professionals. You know the same BS that uh, we all are that is always exempted. And then this one right here, transfer that is a a loan or bona fide gift between spouses, domestic partners, between parents and their children, between siblings aunts and uncles and their nieces and nephews or grandparents and grandchildren. So a lot of Republicans, their main talking point against laws like this is that, well, if I want to sell it to my kid or if I want to will it down to my kid or whomever, uh, then I have to go through this egregious process. The Democrats have already thought of this. They've put that exemption in there for the sole purpose of getting Republicans on board, because now it's just, you can't sell to your best friend, and you can't sell to a stranger, you can't sell to anybody that is not your uh, husband or wife, your child, your um, uh, domestic partner, and, or you cannot, uh, or uh, nieces and nephews and grandchildren. Those are the exemptions. You don't have to go through that. Which is only a matter of time before, if this becomes law, before they close that now loophole up. Because let's, for, let's keep in mind that um, the Sandy Hook shooter got his weapons from his mother, even though he stole them from her. She didn't will them down or give them to him. Uh, after, he stole them after killing her. But I'm pretty sure that uh, there might be an instance where, oh, lo and behold, this guy, he got a gift from his dad 
and then he shoot, shot up a shot up a school or a movie theater or a mall or an amusement park shot up some gun-free zone where nobody was able to defend themselves and police were 7 to 12 minutes away and oh by the way they are under no legal duty to protect you or anything uh so um yeah lots of people died at that so now we need to close this loophole and uh then you will have to go through it so uh, this is just speculation on what's going to happen here in the future uh so i just want you to be made aware of that that is what's coming do i think that the senate is going to be um is going to be able to stop this no i do not have faith in the senate um we have our Texas legislature is filled with Republicans and we can't get constitutional carry passed to save our lives. Um, and there are Republican governors and legislatures that have passed red flag laws. Um, our own uh, Senator John Cornyn authored the Fix Nix Act, which, um, which is another gun control bill. It passed a Republican House and a Republican Senate. Uh, it was signed into law by Donald J. Trump. And I do believe that, um, that it is possible, if not likely, that the Democrats will get this law, or this bill enacted into law. And uh, this is just the introduced version. This is just the introduced version. This has no amendments of any kind whatsoever. Uh, so that's... Uh, uh, that's just something to bear in mind. Um, speaking of constitutional carry, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. Now it is becoming uh, is on the fast track to becoming law. Constitutional carry bill passes Oklahoma House of Representatives. Uh, House Bill 2597 doesn't change where guns are allowed or for the most part who can carry them. It passed 70 to 30 all 24 Democrats and a handful of Republicans opposed it. So now it's on its way to the Senate. And, um, well, here's the thing. Uh, it's going to pass their Senate because this this bill passed two, uh, last session, which was two years ago. But their governor at the time vetoed it. Well, their new governor is on board with it. So Oklahoma is going to be another wonderful example of uh, a state that shows up Texas whenever it comes to gun rights. Just so you are aware of what what we are up against here in Texas. We're supposed to be this beacon of, of firearms liberty and uh, nothing could be further from the truth. Um, it's, it's absolutely sickening that we have to even fight as hard as we do. Uh, but that's why you are members of Lone Star Gun Rights and this is this is why we appreciate you so much because it makes our fight possible uh okay i ran into something that i thought was quite interesting from our wonderful friends at every town for gun safety have posted this fact sheet on their website permitless carry concealed carry in public with no permit and no training oh my god there is no training here. Bottom line, ladies and gentlemen, this dangerous regulation or legislation ignores the 88% of Americans 
who support requiring safety training and a clean criminal record in order to carry a concealed handgun in public. I just don't understand why these people need to be carrying their guns all over the place and now they're going to do it without a permit? Oh my god! That's exactly what every town is saying. And I was reading this fact sheet and noticed that, uh, um, I, I wanted to see, oh wait, their, their source for that is a Strategies 360 survey from March 27, or 2015 with no link whatsoever, so I can't even see um, the methodology behind, um, behind the facts of this 88% claim. So it doesn't make any sense to me. I, I really have no idea how they can claim 88% and cite it and then not let me see anything that cite that actually cites it. Okay. Well, uh, let's get, let's see if they do cite anything that is, um, that is actually legitimate. The vast majority of states require that a person get a permit before carrying a concealed gun in public. Permitless carry legislation dismantles these state permitting systems. Well, uh, notice the word concealed here. That is because currently there are 25 states that allow open carry without a permit. You can open carry a handgun on your hip without obtaining a permit from the state without getting permission slip now whenever it comes to concealed carry uh yeah this is kind of a, a correct claim but the way that they're presenting it is that the vast majority of states require that a person get a permit people will not read this word concealed they will read it but they will interpret it as period carrying a gun period not concealed because Half of the states allow you to carry a handgun uh, in uh, without a permit. Uh, it dismantles these permit systems. The vast majority of U.S. states, a purpose must have a person must have a permit to carry a loaded, concealed. Here's that word again to try and scare people because that's what they do. Handgun in public. These laws ensure that core public safety standards are preserved when people carry guns in places. So, what if I want to open carry in a state where it's licensed concealed, but uh, unlicensed open but uh, I guess we're just gonna not uh, state that bullet point because that would undo our agenda here uh, permitless carry bills would repeal these important safety laws allowing people to carry concealed guns in public without a permit or safety training 88% there it is think you should get a, a, a permit before carrying a concealed handgun in public so um alright well States that have passed permitless carry have seen a st substantial increase in firearms violence. No, I don't believe it. Um, I actually, I don't believe it because I highly doubt that. Uh, here's their bullet point. I just, okay. In 2003, Alaska became the first state to enact count, uh, permitless carry legislation. Technically true, but technically a misnomer because Vermont has had it since, I believe, 1911 is when their Supreme Court said that... Uh, requiring a license for a constitutionally protected right is repugnant to the constitution and therefore null and void oh but we're gonna again ignore that because uh, well why not you know it can't have that aggravated assaults which is an interesting choice of words it's a very specific crime um aggravated assaults 
committed with a firearm have increased incrementally. I thought it said substantial. Substantial or incremental? Uh, okay, I, I digress. Since the law went into effect, since 2003, the rate of aggravated assaults committed with a firearm in the state increased by 82% in 2017. Aggravated assaults committed with a firearm. The rate of aggravated assaults committed with a firearm. Okay. That increase represents 526 more gun-related aggravated assaults committed in 2017 than in 2003. Okay. So they had these nice little uh, uh, links here, and these were actually linked to a, the state of Alaska's crime reporting website. And I thank them very much for that because I actually looked into this to see what was actually accurate. I didn't do Arizona or Missouri because I'm pretty sure that it's going to be the same. I'll look into it later. And if it is in fact the same, I will tell you on next week's podcast. I'll just mention it. And if it's not the same, I will bring it up and show you the, the differences. Uh, no point in doing that unless, uh, you know, there's something to show. Okay, so the first link is... Uh, here in 2003. Now, this whole report is, um, let's see here, is 400 pages long, so I went down to uh, aggravated assault. Okay, so there are 589 with, or 489 with a firearm. Oof, there are a lot more that didn't were committed with a firearm. Holy crap. Wow. All right. Um, well, you know, there was a lot to disseminate here. Uh, 489 committed with a firearm, 648 with a knife, 682 with an other dangerous weapon, so probably a club, a baseball bat, and then 819 with strong arm. So that's interesting, considering that firearms were the lowest number. Um, okay, well, let's go to 2017s, which was also conveniently provided uh, by them. Okay, so we have here, oh wow, look, that's a massive increase for firearms. It's now 1,015 total, 712 with a cutting instrument, uh, 13, uh, 1,340 was an other, uh, 314 was an other dangerous weapon, and then strong arm, hands, feet, fists, was 1,195. So we actually, uh, firearms took over uh, knives. And cuttings and you can see that for 16 15 14 and 13 uh there was kind of a dip here uh firearms was still in the fourth and then still in fourth and then it took over in 15 and then 16 so they're okay maybe they're on to something well i wanted to see exactly what was going on so i put all these in a nice little uh nice little spreadsheet uh so this is the aggravated assault rate of, uh, for, uh, this is basically the raw data that you have here. And you can see that um, in 2003, you had 489 with a firearm, 2,149 with no firearm, and 2,638 total, right? Your, I, in that report, there was population data given. So I took those population numbers, which you can see here. 632,621 was the estimated population of the state of Alaska in 20, or 2003. Well, 489 people were assaulted, aggravated, while the guy was very aggravated. 
uh, with a firearm because, you know, aggravated assault. So we need to make sure that, um, you know, we're, we're defining this right. The guy was really aggravated when he assaulted these people. Well, that gives a rate of 0.0773% of the population. Hmm. Okay. Uh, without a firearm, it was 0.3397%. 0 0.07 versus 0 0.34. Okay. Without a firearm. This is all 2003. Total was 0.417% of the population was uh, assaulted by somebody who was aggravated. Okay. Well, now let's go to 2017. You can see there's actually a, a almost 17% population increase in 2017 from 2003 to 2017 and what's even more interesting is that i i didn't show it here uh, actually you know what i am going to uh i'm gonna go back to this uh this synopsis here this write-up for 2017 and i want to show you uh let's see here i'm in alaska 2017 i want to show you something interesting about the population um, let's see, Alaska population figures. You can see that in 2016, there was actually a drop in, uh, let me zoom in here a bit. So in 2017, you had, or 2016 to 2017, you lost a pretty substantial amount of your population. Um, and let's see if they give exact numbers the other way. Okay, so in 2016, you had, uh, 741,894 people, and in 2017, you had 739,000. That is a drop of 2,000 people, uh, which is is quite um, quite substantial, really, whenever you think about it. Because um, had that been the same rate of growth, uh, these these weights would be different, but they're not. So let's go back to the real story here. Okay, so... Well, hang on, hang, you know, this is why we can't have nice things. Um, because going back to this Everytown thing, it says it was an increase of, the rate of aggravated assaults committed with firearm increased by 82%. 82%, well, um, I don't get that here. I get a rate increase of 77% which still seems very high on its face. I mean, let's, let's be real here. Um, 77 and a half percent sounds great or not great, but sounds large. Uh, the problem is that you have, you know, whenever you're waiting something that is such, such a small number, uh, it went from 0.07 or 0.08% rounding here to 0.13% of the population it's not like each individual one of these carries a substantial amount of weight substantially more amount of weight um as it increases but even still with this now actually 77 percent, even if it was 82 it's 0.1 percent i'm curious to know when these people say that they want to curb gun violence what is it that they think is an acceptable number uh, at what point is it acceptable for, um, because you'll never get these rates to zero. Even if you repeal the second amendment, confiscate all guns, and let's say that all of the law abiding element comply with such a, a ridiculous notion, 
you're still going to have bad guys with guns because that's what they do. Showed last week how easy it is to get it on the dark web with international shipping. Remember that. Um, so with this, I just... I, I, you're still going to have people with guns, so this is never going to be zero. So at what point is the threshold being like, you know what? There's nothing more that we can do about this. Hmm. Well, I got curious, and my curiosity made me do something. So I looked at something that wasn't aggravated assault. Boom! Homicides. Homicides. I wanted to see if I could see a, a, an actual... Um, correlation well it seems here that homicides with a firearm increased by 43 percent it's not quite 77 but it's pretty good um oh no firearm increased by 25 percent what was that let me go back here uh oh aggravated assaults without a firearm uh went from a 28 percent increase to when homicides went to 25 percent. so that's about right uh, the total uh, was 37% uh, rate increase for aggravated assaults. And homicides was 36%. So that's about on par too. Um, you know, what's funny is these homicide numbers are even lower. So had this been 38, it would have increased it by probably 60%. Actually, let me do something here. If I increase it to 38, it goes to 47. Uh, so, um, it jumps up 4% just by me increasing the uh, 38. It's 37 here to a 38. It jumps up 4% for the rate increase. That's massive. Um, so, okay. Now, one thing that I wanted to talk about, I want to go back to, is Nancy Pelosi because she said that there's an epidemic of gun violence that needs to be have a national emergency declared on it. Obviously, that is ridiculous. Under no circumstances should this be uh, considered a national emergency, especially whenever you look at this. But let's look at the federal numbers. Uh, th this data here is a bit dated. It's 2014. There is new data out for subsequent years. I just haven't updated the spreadsheet. I built it a couple of years ago. And so I dug it up for this and um, I'm gonna update it here uh, eventually. Uh, but this is the cause of death for uh, 2014. You had a total of 2.6 million people die in the United States in 2014. Um, okay, how many were gun-related? And keep in mind, the uh, gun control advocates always include accidents, justifiable homicides, homicides, suicides, anything that ends a life due to a uh, firearm projectile entering a body. That's what they consider gun violence. So I'm going to use their number. Total firearm-related, so this is suicide by firearm, Accidental firearms, homicide by firearms, 32,855 out of 2.6 million. Total actual number, 2,626,418. Of those, 32,855 were firearm, quote, related. 
if you break this down, homicide by firearm, 11,008. That is 0.419% of the total deaths. Keep in mind, at, uh, at this point, our population was 320, 325 million. Uh, ridiculous. Let's see, uh, suicide by firearm, 21,386. That is 0.814% of deaths. 0.814% of deaths. And this, we're talking that this is an epidemic? Really? Okay, accidents by firearm, 461. 461 deaths caused by accidents with a firearm. 0.018% of deaths. All deaths. Conversely, whenever it comes to uh, motor vehicle accidents, 35,398. That's 1.348% of deaths in 2014. All drugs. Any and all drugs. 49,000. 714. That's 1.893%. All drugs. These kill more people than all of firearms. Uh, now, people will say that drugs are being handled because the war on drugs has been so cost-effective. And, uh, oh, by the way, addiction rates have only... It, it remains stagnant, but from a statistical standpoint, had a mild increase since the war on drugs. Actually, since uh, opioids were declared a controlled substance in 1914. Uh, but, you know, we're not going to talk about that because that would say that the war on drugs is a failure, but whatever. Um, okay, pneumonia. How many people have had pneumonia before or know somebody that's had pneumonia? Because in 2014, it killed 50,622 people. That's almost 20,000 more than firearm violence, gun violence, using the gun controller's uh, words here to incorporate suicides, homicides, and accidents. Uh, all other accidents, not by motor vehicles and not by firearms, accidents, 100,069 people died because of accidents. That's 3.81% of deaths in 2014. Uh-oh, now we have heart disease? Heart disease. This is the number one killer in the United States. Heart disease has been the number one killer of, in the United States for uh, decades. Heart disease is and always will be the number one killer. It killed 803,277 people in one year. In the United States. But don't worry, gun violence is the epidemic. Not people eating McDonald's every day. Not people who adopt poor lifestyle choices. Not people that uh, are, are just genetically uh, susceptible to having heart disease. None of that is an epidemic. But these 32,855 people that were either killed by or killed themselves with a firearm, that's an epidemic. This is ridiculous, people, to suggest that these numbers say that there's an epidemic, but all other causes, everything was less than heart disease, but these all other causes, you have 57% of deaths were not from the following. 57% of deaths were not from heart disease, which is number one, not from accidents, including firearms, motor vehicle and other not from pneumonia not from drugs and not from firearms 
That's all other deaths. That was 1.497 million people died from completely different causes. We're talking cancer. We're talking um, other diseases. We're talking war, because uh, that doesn't factor in. Um, we're talking uh, uh, just dropping dead, massive heart attacks. We're talking uh, brain aneurysms. We're talking other diseases here, legitimate things that actually kill people. Because guns don't kill people, it takes an operator to do that. Heart disease is something that's in your body and you cannot stop it. It does what it wants. You can stop it if you can treat it. You can stop it with your lifestyle. But once you have heart disease, man, 30%, almost 31% of deaths in 2014 were related to heart disease. And that was the number one killer as opposed to um, all guns. Let's see here. 32,000 versus 803,000. Madam Speaker, I think that your philosophy is jacked. I think that your, um, I think that your um, focus is jacked. She's right about the fact that you don't want to give your political opponents power that you like because they will be wielded by your political opponents. You don't want to do that. But um, you also don't want to uh, you don't want to call something an epidemic when it's not. It never has been, and it never will be an epidemic because uh, it it just. <sighs> I'm sorry. I'm uh I'm rambling at this point, so I'm gonna just go ahead and sign off. Um, I just want you to th thank you again for listening and for tuning in. Um. If you have not signed up for Lone Star Gun Rights to become a paid member, go to lsgr.live now, uh, and you can sign up and become a member for just $6 a month, or you can pay for the entire year for $60, essentially getting two months for free. Um, and you can watch me live and watch me fumble and ramble with my monitor and all that, uh, and you can chat with me. So see you next, uh, next Sunday.